Martin Luther on Mental Health, Practical Advice for Christians Today is the Issues Etc. Book of the Month for October. It's written by Lutheran layman Dr. Stephen Saunders, professor of psychology at Marquette University. Martin Luther on Mental Health is published by Concordia Publishing House, their phone number 1-800-325-3040, or learn more at issuesetc.org. The Issues Etc. Book of the Month for October, Martin Luther on Mental Health. And questions from our listeners, feedback on our evangelism series with Dr. Ken Sherb, some questions about our new audio book, I Trust in Dark My Road, and listeners expressing their thoughts on having Molly Hemingway on the show. It's time for listener email on the Issues Etc. comment line. Our email address, talkback at issuesetc.org, and the comment line, 618-223-8382. I'm really looking forward to our interview with Dr. Bradley Berzer in about 40 minutes. On He's going to give us a biography on Christopher Columbus. Looking forward to that one. He's a guy we need to get on more often. I agree. I'd love to take a history course from him. Let's begin with Jason. Great question, Jason asks. Actually, it's not a question. It's a comment. Mark Hemingway's audio seems to fade in and out during his two or three most recent appearances. Very difficult to follow in a noisy environment. We concur, and thanks for listening and trying to listen. Jason. Well, we apologize. We're trying to track this down because we noticed oh, two interviews ago that that uh, his audio, it's it was not just slightly fading. It would fade to inaudibility throughout the course of an interview. It would be normal sound, then it would just fade... We thought, well, maybe he's getting off mic. That that can happen. It, to me, it sounded like they were running a ton of compression on their microphone, and if he wasn't right in front of it, it wasn't registering. But he said that's not what they're doing. And then we heard Mark being interviewed by another podcast, and the audio sounded fine. Same equipment, same connection, audio sounded fine. So it's a little bit of a mystery. Don't We don't know if it's on Mark's end or our end. We've sent it to our audio expert, Ralph. He made a suggestion, but we couldn't track that cause down either. So no, that wasn't Ralph. That was Tony at Commerce. Oh, it was Tony. Yeah. Good old Tony. Yes. Does Tony ever let us down? No. no as we've talked before, Comics produce all kinds of audio products. We love them. Best customer service experience I've had in any realm. C-O-M-R-E-X. We love Tony. It's not like you get some low-level guy who's just got a script in front of him. They're all good. It, it, you know, he's got a, a script that basically is a, a yes or no kind of a thought bubble thing. And that's not Tony. That's not any of the people who deal with the Comrex. They know what they're talking about. They're not just going through a diagnostic with you. They know exactly. They'll take the time. They're friendly. They have got us out of more jams than I can when we do remotes, more <laughs> yeah. jams than I can remember. And, he, and they've been doing it for years. You know, Mark is using a Yeti USB mic and headphones that we sent for Mark and his wife, Molly, for interviews. And it's been working great for years. Now, Craig, we had Molly on she two interviews ago when the audio quality was really bad for Mark Hemingway. We had Molly on. 
she didn't sound as bad, but was it still back to normal, you think, with well, Molly Hemingway? There, there seemed to be just a little, just, I mean, not near as much as Mark, and, and I don't know why that why that is, but... Well, it, Mark Mark does drop up and down. Yeah. He's, yeah. But, but still. But yeah. It, this she, is extreme. Yeah, she I mean, was not near the... the you know, the problem or whatever was happening wasn't happening near as much with her as it was with him. So. I went into Mark's audio post-production because I thought, well, I can go in there and I can process it so that bring the the, the low stuff up and keep the, the acceptable stuff where it's at. And all it did was just make terrible audio louder. So th- there was nothing to work with there. It wasn't like it was just getting soft. There was... Very little audio there to deal with. And remember, we with. even went through, like, even the, I mean, all the easy stuff. You know, is he talking into the wrong side of the microphone? Oh, yes, yeah, for a picture of his setup. Yeah, and he sent and us pictures. And took I inquired with my son the other night. I'm going to have him listen to the interview because he actually knows what he's talking about when it comes to these things. And he said, he just asked all the right questions. And, and he said, I have no idea what would be causing that. If all you're doing is plugging in a USB mic, there should be nothing that, if the, that could cause this If the effect. mic went bad, it's a couple years old, why didn't it sound that bad when Molly used it? If mic? it was bad, it would be bad. I mean, if I don't know what kind of a mic those things are, to tell you the truth, but if it's busted, like physically busted, we wouldn't be getting anything from it. Or we, it would all be bad. It wouldn't be good and bad. So, I don't know. We're working on it. Trust me, nobody's bigger audio snobs than us. Ask our guests. They'll tell you. They get a little testy at times, don't they, Craig? Oh, my goodness. But We won't, look, we won't mention any names. But that's the thing, though. The listeners can guess who would be the, the testy better, ones. Yeah, yeah. But we want the better audio. That's why we're willing to work these things out, you know. Yeah, speaking of better audio, Craig, in you, if you speak in the future, you probably bring your volume up. You're hard to hear. I'm sorry. Am I low? Am yeah, I better? Yeah, yeah. Craig's half deaf. I'm sorry. He's our production director. <laughs> I have these headphones up way cranked up way loud. So yes, that's no, you're deaf. You're deaf. Uh, Mark, this Mark's writing in regards to Molly Hemingway. Mark writes, what's up with Molly Hemingway's haters and why do you bother reading their emails on the air? Honestly, I'm the camp of listeners who value the high quality of show guests and commentary frequently on issues, etc. That includes the opinions and facts presented by our sister Molly. This longtime listener truly enjoys and still learns from all of the guests who visit issues, etc. Thank you for all the hard work done by the entire team. I would like to encourage you to ignore the negative commentary. Continue sharing God's truth and continue using the same decision processes for topical guest selection criteria that have brought successful results to issues, etc. up to this point. Thanks for the feedback and thanks for listening, Mark. So we, we highly value Molly's presence on the show and she's very generous with her time. And as I've said before, Molly's a friend for decades. And that's one reason she brings expertise. She's made a name for herself apart, completely apart from issues, et cetera. And there's a reason she's on television. And it's because her ideas, she, she has good ideas. And she's able to communicate them effectively. I don't think the listener's opposition to Molly is rooted in only in her ideas because I think people, most people can listen to ideas they don't agree with politically. I think it has a lot more to do with her associations, maybe with Fox news, maybe with the federalists, maybe with Donald Trump, those kind of things. And I think that's where the opposition comes in a little bit more. 
Christians are lovers of the truth. And if someone's speaking the truth, we don't dismiss what they're saying because you may disagree with them on something else. Jeff is a, a big opponent of the logical fallacy, the genetic fallacy, which is you discount what is being said because of who's saying it or the source. And if we're really lovers of the truth, then we approach these things where there is no thus saith the Lord with an open mind, listen to both sides, decide for ourselves. And I think that's what Molly invites our listeners to do. You might disagree with her politically, but that doesn't mean she doesn't have good ideas. Yeah, it doesn't mean that... We're just in this political age where it's all or nothing. And that's sadly, sadly, many Americans have bought into this all or nothing. Joe Biden does nothing right. He can't do anything right. And I think we've been catechized in this by Donald Trump, where you're either his best friend or you're his enemy, and there's no in between. Everything's black and white. Every issue is black and white. Even though for Christians, we do have issues where we have a thus saith the Lord. And on those issues where Molly doesn't have a thus saith the Lord, in Christian freedom, you can disagree with her. Right. She's very smart. You that's, know, that's one of the reasons we have her on. I don't know if I've shared this genetic fallacy. This happened at a Schwartz dinner table when little Jack Schwartz was attending St. Paul Lutheran School in Hamill, Illinois, the only classical Lutheran school in greater St. Louis. Somebody quoted Hitler. And Justin, who's in college at Concordia University of Chicago, is like, well, you, you know, you got to discount that. Adolf Hitler said it. And then little Jack, it's like fifth grade, says, well, Justin, that's a genetic fallacy. Just because Adolf Hitler is an evil man doesn't mean that everything he said was evil or wrong. And that's what you see going on is this kind of guilt by association. And just throwing out an argument because somebody's wrong on another issue, therefore you disregard whatever they have to say. If we did that, we would have no guests. Yeah. We would, because everybody's wrong on something. It would just be and you. I, and it would just be you. It would be me. It would be you. And then and if, if that were the standard, we'd have no listeners either. <laughs> I don't know that, because, because they're wrong, wrong on one thing, they must be wrong on everything, or they're wrong on one thing, therefore nothing they say is, is of any value. It is a fallacy, and it's impossible to consistently apply. If you did it, you would never have a conversation with anyone except yourself. So, like, we couldn't have a conversation with early Luther. No. We, we probably should disregard Luther for what he, everything, the, not you, everything, things he wrote on Jews and their you, lives. You could not be a Lutheran. You could not be a Lutheran living that, that fallacy consistently because the people who wrote the Lutheran confessions were wrong on other things. And therefore, everything they wrote in the Lutheran confessions must also be wrong. And we couldn't do that. We couldn't read the Bible. St. Paul, when not under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, could be wrong. And probably was a lot. Therefore, nothing he says, even if it's inspired by the Holy Spirit, could be right. So you cannot consistently apply that standard of truth. Craig, how much time do we have for the break? What do you think? Well, we can break any time now. Well, let's right do, in the window. Let's do that because I got a long email to read. All right. It's a listener email on the issues, etc. A comment line, talk back at issuesetc.org. And the comment line, 618-223-8382. 
You can listen to our new audiobook, I Trust When Dark My Road, A Lutheran View of Depression. It's voiced by the book's author, Pastor Todd Peppercorn, and includes an introduction voiced by Pastor Matt Harrison, President of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Just go to issuesetc.org, enter your email address, and we'll send you a link to the audiobook, I Trust When Dark My Road, A Lutheran View of Depression. Issuesetc.org, and enter your email address. Interest Time is a magazine that Lutheran Church Extension Fund publishes to inform and educate readers on what God's people are accomplishing through His blessings. You'll find stories about congregations, schools, and organizations within the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod that are sharing the good news of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Get your free copy today at interesttime.org slash subscribe. Luther had Wartburg. We have Collinsville. You're listening to Issues Etc. Teaching your student to read should not be complicated. Memoria Press's phonics uses common sense and the classical approach with their First Start Reading program for the most effective and efficient way to teach your child how to read. If you're interested in learning more, visit them at memoriapress.com and use the coupon code LPR24 at checkout. Memoria Press, saving Western civilization one student at a time. The Lord has sanctified us in the true faith. Listen to chapel services live weekday mornings from Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Morning Chapel from Kramer Chapel. Live weekday mornings at 9 Central, 10 Eastern, 8 Mountain, and 7 Pacific at issuesetc.org. Folks, here's a way that you can help Lutheran servicemen and women stay spiritually strong. Enroll them in the Ministry by Mail program. Military members receive a welcome packet with devotional resources, including portals of prayer. Learn more at lcms.org slash armed forces, lcms.org slash armed forces. Here's an email from Mason. I want to start off by thanking you for hosting the series on evangelism with Dr. Ken Sherb. I thought that Dr. Sherb did a good job of presenting realistic expectations and tips throughout on how to spread the gospel in different contexts. The lack of hyperbole helps beginners avoid setting expectations too high and trying to start evangelizing in their community. The only section I question the efficacy of is the Connect to Disciples section in Part 5 of the series. I think it was a poor choice of words using bait and switch in any context with the gospel. I know he is not saying that directly, but it is implied by separating it from any event the church hosts. It comes back to a fundamental error of changing the church to fit the people instead of the other way around. Catholics embrace syncretism for South America, and the liberal church has removed all sins to be more inclusive. These are two examples of extremes in using that philosophy. I also think the church should basically never offer any activity that is purely secular. If something doesn't at least have a devotion at the beginning, it's not accomplishing the church's mission. It turns the church into a social club, which we can see the consequences all around us in Europe, where I am currently living. The second and third order effects here in Europe 
seem to corrupt those who are going to church to come for the social events and tolerate the church's stuff as a side event. Paul was going into a 100% unchurched society and wasn't offering tent-making lessons to spread the gospel. Jesus rebuked the people in John 6 because they followed him because they thought they could get earthly bread. I think the sentiment is understandable to try and make the church more approachable to the unchurched, but I think we need to give the Holy Spirit credit and give him the chance to open people's hearts versus trying not to scare them away through offering secular activities to entice them to stay for the gospel. Thank you again for hosting the good series, and I hope to hear more on the topic going forward. Very respectfully concludes Mason. Well, I don't think that Dr. Sherb was advocating a bait and switch that is would be bringing people in, in under the pretense of one thing and then presenting something else. So we're going to bring them in under the pretense of what? Uh, spaghetti supper. And then we're going to do the old switcheroo and it's not a spaghetti supper. It's actually worship service or something like that. He was not advocating that. He was just talking about ways that individual congregations can reach out in the community and lay a foundation within the community of trust. And we know who these people are. And I met this person at the spaghetti supper that would later provide an opportunity for the proclamation of God's word. Or someone comes for the spaghetti supper and says, I didn't even know this church was here. And then they might visit the next time. And they realize they're not doing spaghetti every Sunday. Or they don't think, that was the best spaghetti I ever ate. I'm going to go to church there. First of all, no spaghetti supper is that good. But what you want to do is be honest from the very beginning. I, I think what people fear in those kinds of things is that, have you ever stated a timeshare? You've never stated a timeshare? Okay. Have you, Craig? I have stated timeshare, yes. Okay. So, the way it works is you, they give you like a free weekend or something like that. Or they give, or, or usually someone else lets you stay at their place. And then they'll say when you check in, our presentation is going to be tomorrow at 1030. And they won't tell you that it's not mandatory. They'll just give you the impression you just have to be there. Of course, it's not mandatory. Then they get you all in a room. They show you a, a video. Then the salespeople descend upon you. And my wife and I have been trapped in one of these things. Because she insists, we got to go to the thing. No, we don't. My, my wife is a rule follower, and she believed that it was a rule. And I'm like, let's, let's go hiking. Let's do anything besides we don't have to go. Let's sleep in. Whatever. We went. How bad was it? It was terrible. <laughs> and Did this, you buy? This sweet guy, you know, salesman, he was just doing his job. That's what I kept reminding myself. He's just doing his job. But it was the hard sell until finally my wife... It takes a lot to get my wife angry at anyone except me. Doesn't take much to get angry at me. But I've never seen her that angry at anyone but me. And she got up and we walked out. She led the way. You didn't stay for the free gifts? No toaster or TV or whatever Whatever they were giving was, away that day? No. No, they were giving away like, they, it was, they were giving away something nice. I can't remember what it was. But nothing's worth that. What you don't want to do is bring people under false pretenses, and, and then you trap them. And at, at one point, I'm just like, is the door locked? Can we just walk out of here? That's my reaction to it. It's Hotel but, California, buddy. Yep. There's a really funny King of Queens episode where they think they've found these new friends at a that. timeshare, yes. and they turn out to be salespeople. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's exactly what it's like. 
And Dr. Sherb is not advocating that. No, not at all. It's been kind of the standard fare in evangelicalism to do bait and switch, where you're brought in under the pretense of some kind of concert or activity, and then they do the old switcheroo on you, and suddenly you realize, oh, this isn't a concert. This is a church service that they're having here. And what Michael Horton of the White Horse Inn has always said is whatever you use to bring them in, you will have to use to keep them in. So bring them in with the real thing, not with some pretense. By the way, I'll never stay at another timeshare for the rest of my life. Just remember, Lord Feitinger said he would never have a cell phone with a data plan. Yeah, and well, now, he's, now he's using Siri and texting my, and stuff. Uh, it's never say never. My, but so my, my, my father and mother-in-law of blessed memory bought into a timeshare years and years ago. So, and that's how we ended up staying there. And my brother-in-law, who is now the executive of their, of their estate, we were up there shortly after my mother-in-law died, and he was already taking the mail for our father-in-law. And there was a stack of mail a foot high, <laughs> from time all shares. from the timeshare people. And he, he says, I've talked to a lawyer. I don't have to answer any of it. And I said, how do you get out of it? You don't. The lawyer said, you don't get out of it. Just ignore them. They'll never go away. They'll be sending mail to your grandchildren. But just ignore it. So, You know, I assume you didn't do this, which could have taken Maria, your beloved bride, to a whole other level of anger. As she walked out, you could have said, I told you so. But did you say that? I don't remember. <laughs> I probably did. You did? Then you must have been early in your marriage. Or all I, no, this is, we, we, we were married while the kids were already grown. I think I said something like, never again. Never again. I don't like the sales pitch anyway. I don't like, that's why I don't like buying a car. Because, oh, we, we don't give you the sales pitch. And then they start with the sales pitch. And we, I got to go back and talk to my manager. And he goes back in the back room, smokes a cigarette, come in. There's no manager back there. There is no manager back there. Yeah, yeah, that's not necessarily true. No, there's no manager back there. (laughs) It's a storage room. It just says manager on the outside. No, 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 no. I just remember not answering any of the questions that they ask you. You know, because they ask you, well, when do you want to come? What can you afford? What kind of money do you make? And I just kept asking, why do you need to know this? What do you, I mean, after a while they get mad at you, not you necessarily mad at them, but, uh, but yeah, when we left, I did the same thing. You, you stayed did. for the free toast. No, well, no, no, okay. no, no, no. No, I was. Wait a away. second, Lord <laughs> Feitinger walked away from from something a free offer. <laughs> well, we, mark your calendars. Well, I, I do not believe this. I do not. This is a guy who like you know determines what sporting events and goes based very, on bobbleheads. It's and, highly likely that the coffee maker in the next room <laughs> yeah. came from that. <laughs> That's right, the half calf coffee maker. Well. It was Tori who was, uh, you know, I would have sat there a little bit longer, but it was Tori's like, let's go. So there you go. So we left because of that. Neither one of you guys. It's a cautionary tale. I mean, you, you, you knew that going in and you still couldn't pull the plug on the operation. You knew what you were in for. Craig, you, you knew that was going to happen. Right? I, I, I told my wife, we don't have to go to this meeting. Yeah, I knew. I guess. Long story short, I knew that's the way it was going to be. I guess I didn't know it was going to be. I don't want to say this, but I guess it was be so bad. <laughs> but yes, yeah. how would you like that vocation? Timeshare salesman, it's not a godly vocation. <laughs> what about the car sales manager that you never see? Are you saying that's a godless vocation as well? It's a non-existent vocation, I think. <laughs> 
There is no manager back there. When they say I'm going to go, I got to go talk to my manager. I don't know if I can do this. I need to get him to sign off on this. Let's see if we can get this in before the break. Hi, greetings from Northern Sweden. This is Andreas. I've been listening to Issues Etc. for some years now and has been a great source to learn from. I was just wondering about an article Todd Wilkin wrote, and it was something about churches shifting focus to the man outside the church. Do you know which article I'm thinking of? I tried Googling, but with no success. Anyway, if you know and you could send a link, I would be grateful. The church me and my family attend has this fall started to shift focus in the degree that is now... Four Sundays in a row gone away from preaching on the church year to preach about evangelization. Not bad in itself, but I feel there's something odd about the approach. Like it could be said from the pulpit, if you are evangelizing and are tired on Sunday, then stay home and rest from church. I believe there is some confusing about what the church is and why we go to church, almost as if it is irrelevant. So I remember Todd Wilkin had an article about shifting focus to the man outside the church. God bless you for all your work, and thank you for listening in northern Sweden, Andreas. I have no idea what he's talking about. You don't think it's playing the mission card? It might be playing the mission card. It might be, what could it be? The not-so-great commission. It might be that one. But I I I read that email earlier today, and I was kind of racking my brain trying to remember what that article might have been. Well, if, if you go to issuesetc.org, click publications in that journal, it should be in there somewhere, Andreas. It's going to be in there unless it's, unless it's something that I wrote under our previous employer. When we come back, a little more listener email, the issues, et cetera, comment line. Then Dr. Bradley Berzer, mentioned by Jeff a few moments ago, will bring us a biography on Christopher Columbus headed into the Columbus Day weekend. Spiritual and religious. You're listening to Issues Etc. Was the reformer Martin Luther innovating or in error when he added the word alone to Romans 3.28, for we hold that one is justified by faith alone apart from works of the law? Find out in Pastor Will Whedon's column in the latest Issues Etc. journal. In the Wittenberg Trail feature, Dr. Donna Harrison details her journey to confessional Lutheranism from Catholicism, Scientism, Mysticism, and Evangelicalism. The free online Issues Etc. journal. Just click the red journal subscription button at issuesetc.org. If I ever write this Welcome back to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. We're going through listener email on the Issues Etc. comment line on this Thursday, October the 5th. In about 10 minutes, a biography on Christopher Columbus you do not want to miss with Dr. Bradley Berzer of Hillsdale College. Jim writes, I'm sorry, I could not find Will Whedon's journal article on Faith Alone on your website. It is very easily accessed. All you have to do is at our homepage, there's going to be a subscription button red subscription button, click that, enter your email address, and we will send you the Issues Etc. journal, absolutely free, containing Pastor Will Whedon's latest article on faith alone. 
Michael writes, Dear Issues, etc. My wife and I are trying to determine which Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod congregation to begin our Lutheran walk with Christ. There are approximately seven LCMS churches within 15 miles of us. All preach law and gospel and the means of grace as expressed by the pastors themselves. However, the liturgies vary from low-level charismatic slash contemporary worship style to very high liturgy. Why the extreme variations? And should this matter to us? We're confused about the importance of this as we're looking to become members. Any help or clarification about this would be greatly appreciated. Thanks for the email. Thanks for listening, Michael. So I don't know the particular congregations you're talking about, but I'll speak in generalities. The reason for all the variation is because there are some congregations in the Lutheran Church of Missouri Synod that are not that interested in being Lutheran. And it is reflected in, often, how they worship. So it's the Wilkin worship riddle. Why do Baptists worship like Baptists? Why do Roman Catholics worship like Roman Catholics? Well, Baptists worship like Baptists because they believe what Baptists believe. And Roman Catholics worship like Roman Catholics because they believe what Roman Catholics believe. So the question is, why do we find Lutherans worshiping like Pentecostals and Baptists? It might be that they don't believe what Lutherans believe. Or it might be that they're extremely inconsistent. They do believe what Lutherans believe, but they don't. Here's a really good question to ask the pastor. Because the law and gospel, those are kind of entry-level questions and they're good to ask. Say, what do you use to teach young people and adults the Christian faith? And the first word out of the pastor's mouth should be Luther's small catechism. They may add other things to that, but it should be Luther's small catechism. The surest way to know that you have a congregation and a pastor who want to be Lutheran is that they use Luther's small catechism, not simply that it's there or that it's available, but they actually use it. And I would stay away from the congregations that look and sound like kind of low-level Pentecostals because that's not how Lutherans worship. They don't believe the things that Pentecostals and or Southern Baptists believe. So they believe some of the same things, but they don't believe all of the same things. Now, walking into a liturgical Lutheran church may look, like you said, kind of very high church, perhaps even Latin mass-ish. But that is how Lutherans have historically worshipped from the time of the Reformation. That only changed in the 20th century. And really kind of late in the 20th century where Lutherans started adapting revivalistic worship forms. But up to that point, they were largely, you would walk in and you think, is this a Catholic church? Well, you got to ask the right questions. But it is very highly liturgical and ought to be. There's room for variation in there. But if you look at the hymnal, oh, also ask them, do you use the hymnal? Do you use Lutheran service book, which is the most popular hymnal approved by Synod. Do you use it? Yes, we do. We use those services. That will tell you a lot about whether that congregation wants to be Lutheran. So ask, do you use Luther's small catechism? Actively use it in instructing young and old to, do you use the hymnal and the liturgies and hymns that are in there? And the ones that say no, pass them by. You know what amazes me about the people is like, why do you insist on a synodically approved hymnal? We were talking in Bible class about the Arian heresy, and 
we've had guests talk about this show. One of the reasons the Arian heresy became so popular is because Arius wrote his own music. His theology spread through song. So we get our music from Hillsong and from NAR churches. That will have an impact on what your people believe, teach, and confess. So you know why I want to use the synodically proof hymnal? Because I don't want to become an Arian. Yeah. I like the Trinity. Call me an old stickler. And, and why was the Lutheran Reformation referred to as the conservative Reformation? They were known more for what they kept rather than what they dispensed with. They kept far, far more of the Western historic church's practices than they dispensed with. The difference between, at the time of the Reformation, between worship of Lutherans and Catholics were that Lutherans did away with those things in the Roman Catholic liturgy that were not biblical, but they didn't do away with the liturgy at all. They even boast in the Lutheran confessions that they actually celebrate the mass more reverently than their opponents. That would be the Roman Catholics. So you're looking for reverence. You're looking for the historic liturgy. And we're not looking for reverence, just for reverence. It's because Jesus is really present in the Lutheran divine service. And if you walk into a church and the worship says, we don't think Jesus is here. Or he's here spiritually floating or in my head or... Something like that. So, do they use the small catechism? Do they use the hymnal? And those two simple questions will tell you most of what you need to know about those congregations. Mary Rose in Michigan. Greetings from Michigan. I've been missing my TV and movie reviews from Pastor Ted Geese. I needed to hear his take on Disney's Ahsoka, A Haunting in Venice, The Creator, and more. I hope all is well as Pastor Geese is able to return to issues that cetera soon. Well, Pastor Geese has been teaching in Kenya for more than a month. Oh, that's why he hasn't been on. Yeah, on behalf okay. of Lutherans in Africa. He will be returning next week. He sent me a Facebook incident message to review the movie The Creator next week on issues. Et all right, very good. Very good. So that's where he's been. I didn't even know that. I, and I didn't even kind of notice he was gone until the listener pointed it out. Have you seen any good movies lately? No. It was baseball season, you know. But baseball season is definitely, definitively over. For the Cardinals. For the Cardinals. As over as, as it could possibly ever be. Finished last place in the National League in their division since 1990. It's the last time they finished wow. last. Behind the Pirates and the Reds and the Cubs. So now that baseball season is over, I have way more time in the evenings to watch other things. Do you still go to the movies? Sometimes they used to mock you for going to movies by yourself. Do you still do that occasionally? I, I haven't done it in a long, long time, but I used to do it all the time. I know. I got to tell you, a guy our age sitting alone in the movie theater, I'm just, you know, I'm, yeah. little, I'm little. That's probably why I don't do it anymore. <laughs> Especially with that beard on. Look at that beard. Well, I, th- I think he looks distinguished with the beard. It's just. I'm just saying in a movie theater with the, that hat and that beard on. Oh, my goodness. Look out. Yeah. Stay away. Sit three Unabomber. miles away from that guy. What are you thinking? Unabomber? What are you thinking here, Craig? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not catching what you're... I, he looks totally like a normal American oh. male to me. That age, that hat, that beard. Some nefarious activity going on there. Yeah. <laughs> it costs too much to go to the movies. Oh, that's for sure. That's for sure. I don't. Yeah, I don't know how people afford... We're going to the Missouri LSU football game this Saturday. My alma mater. I haven't been back since as a season ticket holder... 
when child number three was born, we had to get rid of season tickets, Katie. So I haven't been back. That's got to be 20 years ago to a football game. I used to go every home football game. But Justin's coming down from Chicago. Jack, Joey, never been to a Mizzou football game. And myself, because my Missouri Tigers are 5-0, and taking on the LSU Tigers this Sunday at Faroe Field in Columbia, Missouri. So you're getting up at 6 o'clock in the morning. No, no. And Anne came through with a hotel for us. You go on the night before. Because we can't afford a hotel. We're going the night before. But I forgot, literally, the a Holiday Inn Express, which is normally going to be like $75, is $175. I forgot how they jack up the prices. Sure they do. So we have to stay in Warrenton, Missouri, about an hour from Columbia to get, so we don't have to pay something, you know, $250. So you can, you can still go and... Um, Tailgate. Oh, yeah. That's, that's what, what Jack Joe, wants to do. Joey. Joey. Joey number one. He's all okay. about the tailgate. He's hey, like, uh, pre, we, Justin calls him pregame winner, postgame loser. That's pretty good. Hey, I'll bet there's a timeshare down there that put you guys up. Oh, I'm sure there is. Yeah. It's, you know, Stay for the Lake meeting. of the Ozarks, yeah, Jeff Stay. City. Stay for the presentation. <laughs> right. Stay for the presentation. When we come back, we're going to talk about Christopher Columbus in advance of the Columbus Day weekend with Dr. Bradley Berzer of Hillsdale College. Martin Luther on Mental Health, Practical Advice for Christians Today is the Issues Etc. Book of the Month for October. It's written by Lutheran layman Dr. Stephen Saunders, professor of psychology at Marquette University. Martin Luther on Mental Health is published by Concordia Publishing House. Their phone number, 1-800-325-3040, or learn more at issuesetc.org. The Issues Etc. Book of the Month for October, Martin Luther on Mental Health. The Lutheran Church Missouri Synod cares deeply for those who protect our nation. Are you or a loved one currently serving? Ministry to the Armed Forces would like to help. We provide devotional literature to encourage faith. Send your mailing address to lcmschaps at lcms.org or call us at 314-996-1337. Those in uniform are comforted with Psalm 28. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in Him and He helps me. Looking for a faithful Lutheran church in east-central Oklahoma? Welcome to Trinity Okmulgee, a friendly and faithful LCMS congregation only 40 miles south of Tulsa. Hi, this is Pastor Chris Teebs. Check us out at trinityokmulgee.org. That's trinity, O-K-M-U-L-G-E-E, all one word, dot org. See you soon at Trinity Okmulgee, Oklahoma. Confessional Lutherans, we've got your back. You're listening to Issues Etc. Not only does our church need men right now, but the world needs men who will proclaim the gospel in its purity. Issues Etc. regular guest, Dr. Peter Scare, Associate Professor of New Testament at Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana. If when you go to sleep at night you're thinking about it, my experience with it is this, is that thought won't go away. So if you're going to bed at night thinking about following our Lord and becoming a preacher of this gospel, then I would love if you could come and visit Fort Wayne, our campus. We'd love to show you around and show you what it is that we do. 
Have you ever considered becoming a pastor? Contact Concordia Theological Seminary, Fort Wayne, Indiana at 1-800-481-2155, 800-481-2155, or visit ctsfw.edu. Christ-centered, cross-focused, Concordia Theological Seminary, Fort Wayne, Indiana.